This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We're going to talk money and politics. We got Steve Moore, Vice President of Freedom Works and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and WABC radio host. The name of the show is More Money. On some of these stations, it's going to appear right after this show. I don't know. Did we find John Fund, or we're still looking for John Fund? Uh, also of um, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Steve Moore, did you see the piece? Um, in the Washington Post by Jeff Stein, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, Senator Bernie Sanders pitched the president directly on his plan to increase seniors' benefits. But here's what he wants to do. He wants to raise taxes, uh, payroll taxes, mm-hmm. on the top earners, and then he wants to give everybody $2,400 more. He admits that Social Security is going bankrupt. But that's his plan. Uh, And it also goes on to say, by the way, that Biden aides uh, have, in fact, been looking at raising payroll taxes on the rich to finance Social Security. Now, the Republicans don't want to talk about Social Security and Medicare at all. So what do you make of all this? Well, Larry, first of all, people should know that they already I believe they already did lift the cap for the Medicare portion of the payroll tax. You may know that whether I'm right about that. But I think as part of previous negotiations, um, we've already raised the cap on that 2.9% tax. And so now what they want to do is both get rid of the cap on the payroll tax, but also raise the rate on higher income Mm -hmm. people. And that's just a marginal tax increase on people who continue to work. And what it will do is, is to deter investment and work effort. And we should be encouraging work, not, discouraging it. And so I think it's a terrible idea. Um, and I've always believed, by the way, you know, I, I, I'm a kind of radical on this. I think people should be able to take 10% of their paycheck and put it in a 401k plan and not have to put it in social security. So we'd done that 35 years ago. Every person retiring now would be a millionaire. By the way, you could do that. Um, you could have a menu of options. Yep. You could put it in the stock market index. You could also put it in a bond market index. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm, you do. You would do significantly better. You know, you would you would be getting benefits from from your pension, uh, which Social Security is sort of a pension that would be twice as large as you get right now from Social Security. So we should do this. We, You know, yeah. back when the when the Dow Jones is a thousand, you know, we started talking about this. Now it's at thirty four thousand. Mm. So it's a shame we haven't done it. it. It's a it's a really important thing to do. But what is this with everything the left wants to do right now is redistribution. Mm-hmm. It's not growth. You know, you scolded me the other day on your on your TV show saying I'm not talking enough about growth. So, yeah, let's talk about growth. Yeah. You're not going to get more growth by raising taxes on people. G-R-O-W-T-H. Growth. <laughs> okay. It's the missing link in economic policy. I, I want to come back to the growth thing in a minute, but I got one more for you. Um okay. Biden administration's regulations would ban 96 percent of gas stoves. Now, this is from Senator Steve Daines of Montana, but it's very interesting because they just told it, didn't we had this flap a couple weeks ago and the Bidens denied it up and down. But as it turns out, they are cooking up regulations to ban gas stoves. So they're lying to us. 
that, and I think that was through the um, energy, either the energy department or the EPA wants to. So they have so many, so many different agencies regulating these yeah. things that I forget which one it is. So one of the agencies said, "No, we wouldn't. We weren't going to regulate that." But but another one did. And they, by the way, I have to say this goes back to this. You know, George W. Bush is was a very good president in a lot of ways, but. He passed a terrible energy bill mm-hmm. in his last uh, year in office, mm-hmm. which started regulating all these utility, you know, all these uh, your 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 washer and dryer, your dishwasher, your toilet, all this stuff, and it was all to save energy. And 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 the gas stove, by the way, is something you want to get Ann Moore, my wife, angry. <laughs> you tell her that you're going to take away your gas stove yeah. <laughs> because she doesn't like the electric stove. You know, food tastes better when it's cooked on the on the gas stove. It's and this idea that it causes in in or pollution is an absolutely ridiculous concept. So, by the way, uh, you're right. It's the Energy Department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Granholm yeah. called the idea of a gas stove ban ridiculous, but then her agency pushed forward with sweeping <laughs> restrictions on the appliance. Yes. So that's yeah. right. It's coming out of the Energy Department. Uh, the rumor is that John Fund is around. Uh, that may be National Review, National Affairs reporter, and um, uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and his book, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. John, you know, Bernie Sanders runs this White House, and he's telling Biden to uh, raise payroll taxes on the rich and then give everybody $2,400 higher Social Security check. That's the way they want to solve Social Security. You have a thought on that, John? You have any inside reporting on that? <laughs> it's always the left's approach, because rather than deal with the fiscal realities of either Social Security or Medicare, it's like Willie Sutton with banks. That's where the money is. It's with the taxpayers. And that's what they're going to go after. Of course, the problem is that Biden, even with his expansive view of executive authority, can't just do that with a snap of his fingers. No. But I believe he will make that a major part of his campaign platform. He will say the Republicans have to cut Social Security. There's no other way around it. But I will save you because I will just have the, quote, rich, unquote, pay for it. Yeah, I th- I like that. I mean, I don't like it, but I think you're correct. Uh, that's exactly where they're going to go. This is a Jeff Stein story in The Washington Post. Jeff Stein, by the way, not a bad reporter. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, we probably all dealt with him. But the thing is, it fits the Democratic model of taxing rich people. So it's absolutely perfect. Absolutely. Now, uh, John, way, it totally, it, it totally um, destroy undermines the whole idea of what Social Security was supposed to be when it was set up by FDR. It was never meant to be an income redistribution program. Right. It was an insurance program. It was a, a pension program. And so the idea that you're going to you're pay for the pension program by soaking the rich get the whole idea was people contributed to their own retirement. Now we're moving. I think that will blow up Social Security. Well, look, uh, you. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, discouraging work. It'll damage the economy. It'll probably make the Social Security deficit worse. That's what happens. But I don't believe taxes. it will happen, Larry. You no. don't think? But he'll. But do you think? He, but he'll campaign on it. Well, yeah. But you know, I have to tell you, I know. I've read. I've been in a lot of focus groups in which either the near retirees or the retirees are there, and if you tell them that, yes, of course, you know. Their benefits will be preserved, but it'll come at the cost of their children and grandchildren having a crushing level of debt. They will never be able to afford their own home. They will barely be able to afford buying a car that 
It's basically, sadly, future generations, including the, the grandchildren they want to hold and look in the eye, with basically poverty, effectively. So you think? And I think I think that does make a difference with a lot of people who just don't have short-term thinking. They they think a little longer range. So um, you you think that uh, other people besides Steve Moore obsess about debt? <laughs> well, they don't obsess about debt, but they but remember, Larry, I mean, the most important number in politics right now is this: only twenty-seven percent of Americans believe their children or their grandchildren will have a more prosperous future than they did. Well, that's and, I, I agree with that. Now, I want to talk about that in a minute. All right. Can I make it, one other point about this? It's this just, is I just is, want to say that I love yeah. debt. That's all. I just want yeah, to say that. So I want to, because we have a new study that your, uh, your friend from the White House, Casey Mulligan, has done. Casey's one of the top labor economists yes. in the country. Yes. And he's, his data shows, you know who has put a big, big hole in Social Security? Joe Biden has. You know how? Because he's reduced labor force participation. Less money is coming in. uh, And the economy is not performed as it should have and would have under the Trump policies. And this should be the Republican line. Joe Biden, you're the one who's punching this big hole in Social Security because we don't have enough people working. You're paying people not to work. uh, And the economy stinks. All of these things are making the Social Security whole much worse. Well, it's, that's good. I like that. Casey's a smart guy. So do you know what? In in Joe Biden's first year in office, first full year in office, do you know what real GDP grew at? Either of you. Two? After Two. the revisions. Zero, what was it? 0.9. That's pathetic. Because Isn't that something? Out of, Zero. Look, this right. is important, Larry, because – we were growing, but in the last six months that Biden, I mean, that uh, Trump was president, yes. the economy grew by 11 percent over those six months. So to go from 11 percent growth and, and we just had the vaccine announced that practically when Biden was coming to office, we should have been booming in 2021. And instead, the economy hit the brakes. Trump gave him a six and a half percent real GDP first quarter, six and a half. Yeah. All right. Yep. And. His uh, last 12-month CPI was 1.4. Yep. So, so Biden's first full year in office, 0.9, wow. call that no growth, and uh, 6.5% inflation rate. Are you which, sure about that number, Larry? I'm looking at fourth over fourth. They they just uh, okay. they just uh, made the revisions. I that's mean, that's it. it. I small performance. I, wouldn't, I, I would never lie to you. And as I say, I love debt. So... Uh, <laughs> What we need is more debt. So let's take a quick break. I want to come back and talk about or ask you guys, where are the Republican presidential candidates talking about a new vision of economic growth and prosperity? I'm looking for it. And I'm not going to say Nikki Haley wants to have age and mental testing. Okay. There's, Smartest guy I know with the most energy is 82 years old, and that's Art Laffer. Art Laffer should meet Nikki Haley. Anyway, we have John Fund and we have Steve Moore. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. To the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking money and politics with John Fund, National Review's National Affairs reporter and uh, Unleash. Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, John's latest book, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. 
And uh, Steve Moore, Vice President of Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, WABC radio host, More Money, right after this show, and his book, Godzilla. Uh Gentlemen, I just want to toss this out. You have um, bad inflation numbers popping up in January. Rates are going to go higher. You have virtually no growth. Bidenomics is a failure. Bidenflation is a disease. Real wages continue to sink. But I'm not hearing anything from the Republican candidates. Now, I I don't just mean the official ones. I mean the whole lot of them uh, that are going to run or are likely to run. I'm not hearing any message of growth like we should be trying to grow the economy at 4%. I don't hear discussions of tax cuts. I don't hear deregulation. I don't even hear fossil fuels anymore. Uh, I don't hear a strong dollar. I don't hear stewardship of growth and prosperity. I mean, what is up with this? What are they waiting for? Biden has given them an unbelievable opportunity, and they are not taking it. Now, you can tell me it's early, but I'm going to say it's going to take a while for things to sink in. But they're just not doing it. They're not doing any of it. Larry, like them or not, the political consultants basically have the following message to any candidate who hasn't announced. Donald Trump is out on his own. Uh, he's making his own news. You know, he went to East Palestine, got some good reviews there. He's the he's the only candidate out there besides Nikki Haley. Let him run. And when you announce, and for DeSantis, it'll probably be May after the Florida legislature adjourns. Uh, Pompeo will probably be the same month. There'll be others. That's when you have to make your splash. And your splash is new news. What is new? And I know I know that they all have an economic program. I know they all have a clutch of economic advisors that are preparing stuff. And I hate to say this because, yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear it now, too. But they're on their own timetable, and they're not going to announce until they're ready, and they're not going to announce their new economic plan until they announce. (laughs) Well, I, you know, Steve Moore, I just, (laughs) to me, uh, I don't buy it. I mean, Nikki Haley... I don't want to pick on Nikki. She's a very smart woman. I know her, blah, blah, blah. But she's making an issue of age, you know, mental capacities and things like that. That's not the issue. And even our former boss, my former boss, now he did make a great splash at uh, Palestine. All right. I give him a lot of credit for that. Very good. But he needs to get back to his basic message, which is to make the Trump tax cuts permanent, to uh, deregulate business, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It would be nice if he added some spending restraint, which he didn't really have in his uh, term. But the point is, I, I don't think that I don't think the consultants are right. I think it takes a while for things to sink in. Biden's getting a free pass because these other people are talking about issues that people don't care about. The issues that people care about, they are, their wages are sinking. People are working two and three jobs, and they're not getting paid for it. The inflation's not going. I mean, hell, in the last inflation report, uh, groceries are up 11% year on year. Well, Nobody's yeah. talking about that. And they need to talk about that. And they need to. Laffer is so right on it. There has to be a growth and prosperity vision, right? 4% growth would make a big difference in this calculus. Well, I, you know, obviously I agree with that. And uh, I think that, um, you know, the one guy who does have a growth message, uh, a strong growth message, is Trump, because Trump can say, right. look what I did for the economy. <laughs> well, how do you like it now compared to – and I – look, I, I'm, I'm 
uh, not picking favorites this time. Uh, right. You know, I want to see how they all perform on the big stage. But I think Trump does have a compelling case to say, look, look at what I did, how I rebuilt the American economy. He likes to say he rebuilt it twice. But there's something to that. He rebuilt it from the shambles that he inherited from Obama. And then we were coming out of COVID, you know, in a very, very strong way. Um, I don't look there. A lot of Republicans want to fight the culture wars right now. Larry. And, you know, I like I'm a cultural conservative, too. I think what's happening in our culture and our schools and so on is is rancid. But you have to combine that with a pro economic growth strategy. I'd like the theme. How about this one, Larry? The middle class squeeze, mm. because they're the people who are getting screwed right now. Well, they are. Look, uh, you know, I agree with what you're saying. I I sp- I had dinner with Trump Saturday night last night. And I said to him, we talked about a lot of different things, but I said, you got to have a growth and prosperity message. You've got to. Kellyanne and I were on the show show. last night talking about this. Go back uh, to the New York Economics Club speech in September 2016, which, by the way, was a month earlier was the Detroit Economics Club. We all put a lot of work into that. It was a fabulous message, a fabulous message. You know, he needs to update that. And by the way, I want to hear uh, DeSantis may have economic advisors, but he's not pulling his punches on cultural issues or immigration when it comes to national issues. He just hasn't said anything about the economy or the budget. I mean, you know, spending is a problem and I'm I'm not hearing it. Uh, Mike Pence occasionally talks about it, but he needs to Pompeo needs to do it. They all need to do it, John. The consultants don't know Bupkis. I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in Republican consultants. But Larry, I'm interested in and in what these candidates have to say. Well, Larry, you look at it from a national perspective. I do. Remember, I do. This is a things, national problem. Things, this is well, a national things, problem, John. Larry, Larry, one of the things that DeSantis is going to be running on is what he did for the economy of Florida. Did you listen to or read his full state of the state speech? It was all there. It just had Florida in front of it. Well, look, monetary policy, I grant you that. But that speech in Florida was all about the Florida economy and how to make it grow and the jobs situation, which, of course, is fabulous in Florida. Well, but he starts off with a lot of advantage, by the way, not in the state of the state message. Read the state of the state. message, John, Larry. All right, hang on a second, John. I'm going to tell you something. He raised the corporate tax in Florida. It's up to five and a half percent. Shouldn't he have done balanced that. it out with tax cuts in other areas. I don't care. You don't raise taxes on corporate. You may be for him, John, but I want you to be objective on this show. He raised the (laughs) corporate tax. That's not good. Now, I want to know here. Let me give you an example. He's not running for president. Scott Hodge, head of the Tax Foundation or emeritus head, whatever. He's on the show last night for three or four minutes talking about a 20% modified flat tax with 100% expensing. Now, how hard is that, Steve Moore? I mean, that's the kind of thing I want to hear from the candidates. I also want to hear them talking about permitting and reopening the spigots for oil and gas. They're not doing that. We're financing Vladimir Putin's war. That's what we're doing. He's selling 10 million barrels a day, and we're financing it. If we if we were at 14 or 15 million barrels a day, the price of oil would be $50. It would be a whole different boy. I'm just saying simple stuff, regulations business. All right. Even even gas burning stoves. 
I, you got to the GOP can't make the same mistake they made during the midterm elections. They've got to have a counter message, a prosperity message. They've got to say we are the stewards of prosperity. This used to be GOP bread and butter, Steve. Where is it? <laughs> well, certainly I, I love that idea, by the way, of the 20 percent. Yes. Yes. The old Forbes idea. And he ran for president on that in 1996. And the time has come for a simple uh, you know, we wouldn't have to. By the way, another argument for that is we wouldn't have to hire eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents right. if we have a simple right. flat tax. That is correct. Uh, so I think people want a simplified and pro-growth tax form. I disagree with you on one thing. I do think the Republicans are talking a lot about the energy uh, calamity that has been created yeah, by. I- uh, you know, I mean, they they are talking about it pretty nonstop, and I've been using your line because I think it's absolutely true that look, first of all, if Trump had been president, we wouldn't be facing the situation right. in Ukraine. But the other point is that you really want to put the hurt to Ukraine, pump more oil and gas here in America. Yes, yes, absolutely. That would have been the the best single weapon. All right, we'll leave it there. John Fund and Steve Moore. Steve Moore's show, More Money, is coming up on a lot of these same stations, so please listen to it. I'm Larry Kudlow, and um, I'll be back next weekend. <laughs>